Welcome to Heart of the Matter. We're going to start with a prayer. I want to introduce to you two people that I think uh, uh, some, most of you will recognize. That's Kevin Kennington, and this is Kevin right here, and this is Mike right here. Mike Winger, Kevin Kennington. And they are guys that I went through the School of Ministry with in Southern California, Calvary Chapel. We spent two years together. We're all going to go on to a third year for a little more advanced study for a master's program. But uh, they were at Heart in the Park, and we're going to go and uh, hear from them in a little bit. Right now, Kevin Kennington is going to offer a word of prayer, and we're going to talk uh, again. All right, Kevin. Father, we just come before you, Lord, and we just ask, Lord, that your presence be with us and the audience, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you bless this time. May our words be edifying, Lord, building up, Lord. Lord, just bless this time. And bless all listening and viewing, Lord. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, just to let you know, um, we had Heart in the Park. We've been talking about it for a few months at Sugar House Park on Sunday the 25th. And uh, it was phenomenal. I want to give a heartfelt thanks to all of you who attended. We had a chance to do a meet and greet that was fantastic. We had a chance to do worship. Um, hear from the Bible, talk with each other. Uh, it was a phenomenal thing. We had probably two to 300 people there, and we know many more wanted to come, but they emailed us and said they had to work. I was given shirts. People gave me shirts, and they told me, make sure you don't button them up, Sean. And so I said, I won't. And so uh, beautiful shirts, and I want to thank those of you who gifted me with the shirts. Here's some uh, pictures from Heart in the Park that I think you'll find uh, Wonderful. You can see people just eating, kicking back. Mike is playing the worship right there, and we're going to hear from Mike in a minute live. Mike is the one in the green shirt, and I'm that, that handsome guy over there with his sleeves rolled up. <laughs> that camera does add weight, doesn't it? Well, that's me talking to the crowd, and uh, there's many of the people. You can see yourself there sitting in the shade. A wonderful event, worshiping the Lord there. Uh, it was, uh, we had a cool breeze blowing through and uh, made it wonderful. We offered books. Many people uh, generously gave to our ministry without solicitation, and uh, some of them wanted those books signed, but they talked and uh, took the book to give to their Mormon friends. Um, great fellowship. So there's our sign that was almost ripped apart by the wind, but it hung in there, and uh, it was a great uh, time to be together. So I want to thank you. It was awesome. Uh, the, the meet and greet was fantastic. We had a question and answer time where uh, Latter-day Saints even got up and asked questions about uh, what we thought about this or what we thought about that. We had four people uh, that I can remember uh, asking to come to know the Lord personally who were LDS and uh, we were able to pray with them. We had other people who wanted to rededicate themselves to the Lord. And it was just a tremendous outpouring of his spirit to gather together uh, with like-minded believers and searchers and to be able to seek him there in his beautiful creation at Sugar House Park. So we look forward to doing that uh, again. We thank you for your support and for uh, everything you did. We're going to have uh, a little bit of a first time on Heart of the Matter. We're going to have live music today. And Mike, who is a very gifted musician, is going to share with us uh, some of his music talent that he shared at Heart in the Park. And uh, just take a few minutes to worship with us. Latter-day Saints, 
You haven't experienced this, I don't think, this kind of worship. And so I just ask you to tune in and let your heart open to the Lord and see if he touches you in a new way as we listen to Mike sing to us now. It was 
beautiful awesome worship music and uh, brings us to the Lord as we worship and praise him I want to introduce to you Kevin Kennington who also shared at heart in the park and uh, gave a short message and he's going to share some very important messages with the LDS audience right now Kevin thanks Sean the end of the song I know it is finished when Sean asked me if I would come on the show and share something I knew exactly what the Lord gave me to share. And it was uh, a, couple of, a couple of years ago in Huntington Beach, a couple of brothers and I were on the boardwalk handing out bottles of water, free drinking water, under the banner that read, if you knew the gift of God, you would ask Him and He would give you living water. And you'd think, handing out free bottles of drinking water that you would hand them out as fast as you could pass them away. But that's not the way it works out. In fact, it's the one who God calls and who has made divine appointments for. Those are the ones who come. And that was the case for a young lady named Heidi. Now I learned through our conversation that Heidi, she was a Mormon and she was born and raised in that religion. And I asked her directly, Heidi, do you have a thirst for God? Do you long to know him in your heart and have him rule and reign in your heart? And she answered, yes, that's my desire, and I've been working very hard to do that. And I asked her, Heidi, how's it going? And she responded, with, with tears in her, welling up in her eyes and she said, you know, I'm really tired and I'm, and I'm just, I'm burnt out. So I said to Heidi, it's a good place where you're at, Heidi. Blessed are you because you thirst and hunger for righteousness. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. And Heidi, Heidi said, I want to know God. I, I really have a desire to know Him. So I shared with her this verse, just like that song ended. It's finished, Heidi. It's finished. The work on the cross. It's finished. But the tragic thing about this was that Heidi, she didn't know. She didn't know what that meant. And unfortunately, our conversation was cut short. And Heidi went, and she had to leave. And ever since that day, the Lord often brings to my heart that conversation. And I pray for Heidi, and I pray for all those who are caught up in religion and just burdened with all the weight of the works that need to be done. And I pray for them. 
Now, Heidi didn't know what it meant. It is finished. Do you know what it means? It is finished. That triumphant exaltation of Jesus Christ before he dismissed his spirit. It is finished. It's tetelestai in the Greek. It's a single Greek word with a comprehensive meaning. It means to bring to an end, to complete, to fulfill, accomplish, discharge a debt. In fact, ancient papyri have been found, tax receipts, with tetelestai written across it, paid in full. This word on the lips of Jesus is significant. When he said, it is finished, not I am finished, it is finished, he meant his redemptive work was finished, complete. He had been made sin for all people. For he, God, made him who know no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, Jesus Christ. But what is really interesting about this particular word is the tense that it has. It's perfect tense, which means completed action with continuing results. The work that the Father had given the Son is completed. It is finished. The work of man's redemption and salvation is now complete. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. A fountain of grace opened, a foundation of peace and happiness that is laid shall never fail. Christ has now gone through his work. It is finished. Do you believe and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ? Do you say in your heart, I've still got to do stuff. I've got to do the hard work of salvation that you left for me to do. Jesus, what you did, it was really good, but it's not enough. You are spitting in the face of God when you do that. By not believing and trusting in Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross, and trusting in your own works, you are stamping the Son of God underfoot. And you have trampled the Son of God and counted his blood of the covenant by which we are sanctified a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace. Do you not know God who says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay? It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Now here's an interesting observation. Religion bases its teaching on what you must do in order to be with God. True New Testament Christianity bases its belief on what God has already done. His, Jesus Christ's accomplished work. The redemption of man to God. The penalty of sin paid in order for us to be with him for all eternity. God desires to have a relationship, a personal relationship, one-on-one -on -one with you. Now, in order to do that, 
as Jesus said, you must be born again. Religion says, do this work in order to be with God. God says, look what I've done for you in order that you may have a personal relationship with me together through eternity. And that relationship begins the moment you repent of your sins and believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ, whom God sent. Jesus said, take my yoke. Jesus said, all who labor and are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. When you believe, you no longer have to work for your salvation. You are free to respond to God and his amazing love and grace and mercy with an attitude of gratitude and love. It's a very natural response to want to do something for the Lord. As you walk with the Lord, he continues to reveal himself to you in a very intimate way, and you grow in knowledge of him. Confident in your own salvation, not because of your works and what you've done or the church, but what Jesus Christ has accomplished for you on the cross when he cried, it is finished. All right, Kevin, thank you so much. Um, when we were in the uh, hotel earlier this afternoon, Kevin and, and Mike and I got on and uh, there was a young man who had just returned from a mission uh, from Germany. And we asked him uh, about salvation. And he said, well, I believe you got to do what, what Jesus wants you to do. And, and he didn't grasp Kevin's beautifully put message about Jesus it gives you salvation. It's through faith on Jesus Christ. No matter what we said, he couldn't and wouldn't listen to grasping that concept. And so I just want to reach out to him, say hello, and I hope you're watching. And listen again to Kevin's message. We're going to go to Mike Winger now, who's going to share with us another important part about knowing the Lord and walking with the Lord. Kevin talked about Jesus doing the work and having faith on him. Mike is now going to talk about the word. I'd like to ask you a question, a question to the listening audience, and I just request that you be genuine and honest with yourself right now. Um, if you were reading the Bible and the Bible taught a particular thing on doctrine or theology about the truth of man or some spiritual truth, and it taught a very specific particular thing, and then you fully believe that the Holy Spirit, through your intellect, through your emotions, you believe the Holy Spirit was revealing something totally different and contrary to scriptures to you. And then, to muddy the waters even more, the prophet of your church tells you something completely different. Or for the Christians, the man that you think is the most godly on this planet tells you something completely different. The organization that you've put your trust and faith in tells you something different. So you have three truths from three different sources. Which one do you believe? That is the question. Which one do you believe? If I was to ask this question to myself, the answer would be the Bible. I would believe the Bible over what I thought and felt the Holy Spirit was telling me. I would believe the Bible over what the most godly man I have ever met says. I would believe the Bible over the most divine organization I could ever find. I would believe scriptures over myself or anyone else. 
Galatians 1, and I'll give you three reasons why. Galatians 1, verses 8 and 9, which is a verse that many of us are familiar with, it says, but even if we, this is Paul the Apostle writing, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. The point I'm bringing up with this passage is not what's the right gospel, which one you need to put your trust in, which church teaches the truth. That's another discussion. The thing is that this says that the Bible, the Word of God, the gospel message which we have recorded here has authority over any human being on the planet or any group of human beings. Any pastor, pope, or prophet, the Bible claims to have authority over them. So either the Bible's wrong about that or you can go straight to the Word of God. It claims to be the highest authority. A second reason is that the Bible was written to all of us. The Bible was not written to just the leaders. It was not just written to a group, a, a gathering, a conglomerate of, of special, super spiritual people with special knowledge and stuff like that. It's just not the way it is. It was written to people. The churches in Galatia, the churches in Asia, in Bithynia, just the random people. In Acts 17, there's a group of uh, believers in Berea who were commended because they didn't believe the apostles. Instead, they went to the scriptures to see if those things were true. They are commended for that action, which someone might call unbelief or obstinance or rebellion. So the, the point there is that the Bible's understandable. It's written to you and me. It's easily understood. If your belief system tells you that you can't read the Bible and interpret it and understand it on your own, the major points of doctrine on your own, then you may as well take this word of God and throw it out the window. Because you can only be confused by this book. You better just go to the pastors or the teachers or the elders or the, po or the pope or the prophet or your church and trust them because the word of God, you can't understand it. It can only confuse you. Just get the pure truth from them instead. The third point, the third reason why I would trust the word of God over anybody else is it is the most reasonable faith. The most evidence points us to put our faith in the Word of God. You are not reliable. I am not reliable. My emotions and my intellect are not reliable. The Bible claims authority over my emotions and intellect. Trust the Lord with all your heart, your emotions. Lean not to your own understanding, your intellect. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. How do we do that? By acknowledging and obeying His Word. By just reading it and trusting it. Your own opinion of the Holy Spirit can often be a burning in your bosom or something like that could often be an emotion or an intellectual discovery. But if it's not consistent with the Word of God, then it's just not true. We can be deceived. This is pure. The, um, the thing is we have, we have to test our emotions and our intellect by the Word of God. Any church or government is flawed. Any man is fallible. In Revelations, we see the churches, how they were, they were written to, saying that they had, they had problems in the early church, not too long after they were started. In fact, the epistles, many of them are written because there were problems in the church. Jesus talked about tares amongst the wheat. Uh, Paul, Peter, both talked about Jude, all talked about there being false teachers coming. So we need to go to, straight to the Word of God to see if what they say is consistent with this. The other thing is, the Bible stands. The Word of God stands. The prophecy in scriptures, the archaeology, the history, internal evidence, external evidence supports scriptures. And it's, it's teaching on spiritual truth about human and sin nature. It's accurate, down to the T. If you don't think so, I encourage you to call in today 
and let us hear your best argument against the Bible being your supreme authority for faith and doctrine. Please call us in. We would love to hear your best argument. Maybe not 20 million little arguments, but your best one. Your best one. Something has to have the final say. Um, what are you choosing to put your faith in today? The Word of God? Your own emotions and intellect? Some man? Organization? And have you made a wise decision? All right, Mike. Uh, praise God for these messages. I am, uh, my heart is full because we've heard the truth tonight. And Latter-day Saints, which is our show's geared to that, you've heard the, the essence, really, of Christianity. Believing in Jesus Christ, that He did all the work, and you have faith in Him, and turning to His Word, and believing, knowing that it is infallible, it is inerrant, and you can trust in His Word as leading you back to Him. Uh, there is, there's, there's no other substitute when it comes to the Word of God and when it comes to being spiritually reborn. Now here's the key. You're not going to understand the Word of God unless you've turned to Jesus first and given your life to Him. And after you have given your heart, your life, your soul, everything to Jesus and asked Him to take over and clear you of your sins and take over your life and help you see the forest for the trees, you're going to read the Word of God that Mike talked about with such clarity and you're going to see the truthfulness. It's going to change your life completely. I testify of this like you testify of the Book of Mormon and of temples and of prophets and of polygamy and of all the things we've discussed on the show for the past 16 weeks, which are not biblical, which are not part of this word that is so beautiful and perfect. We're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to open it up to you, but we want you to these questions or bring it up if you have some concerns about the Word and the Bible or about Jesus or anything that was discussed or if you just want to talk about Heart in the Park. All right, we're going to Stephen in Boise, Idaho on line three. Stephen, you're on Heart of the Matter. John, great to talk to you. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm good, John. Well, the, the problem I run into over here in Boise is uh, I got some of them Mormon neighbors coming over all the time and uh they're trying to get me to go to church with them. I don't really know how to react to that. Well, you tell them no. <laughs> well, that's what I did there. But, uh, you know, what they're telling me, it, it sounds like it'd be a good church. But I'm, I've grown up Nazarene there, really? Sean, so I, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, you're dealing with a completely uh, different church, Stephen. You're dealing with a completely different gospel. Uh, what you're really dealing with, it's a difference between having a relationship with Jesus Christ and belonging to a really good civic organization. That's the difference. There's about as much uh, of the truth of the Bible in the Mormon church when you go Sunday after Sunday as there is in a good civic organization. If you want to be involved in civic works, if you want to be involved when there's a disaster going out stacking sandbags, if you want to be involved in those kind of things, you can do that in a civic organization and your church. But if you want to hear the Word of God, you're going to have to go to a good Bible teaching church and just forget about going to the Mormon. Oh, so you don't think it'd be a good idea? Well, how should I approach them, Sean? Because I don't want to be negative about it, you know. You tell them you love them. You say, uh, why don't you come to church with me? Share your testimony of Jesus Christ. Ask them if they're sinners. Ask them if they've... Um, if they uh, uh, believe that they are saved and that they're going to be with God, if they fell dead at that moment, if they can't say they, ha they are, if they can't say they know they'll be with Jesus, then say, well, I don't want to have any part of this because I know I'm going to be with Jesus. What good is it going to do for me to go to a Mormon church and start questioning whether I'll be with him or not? How's that for an answer? Well, that sounds good. Where do you pastor at, Sean? I, I, 
Sound like I'd want to go to your church. <laughs> You'd have to get in a plane. Uh, but maybe someday. We'll see. Hey, thank you for calling. We love calls from Idaho. Keep watching. And if we can send you the book, please uh, write us at the website. We'll send you the book, and that might help if you can hand that to a neighbor. If you can't afford it, we'll give it to you. All right? Well, thanks a lot, Sean, you fat pig. Yeah, <laughs> we're perfect. Excellent. I thought that was a setup. Now, what you want to hear is that's the heart of a Mormon. What we saw there was the model of deception. What they do is they come up and they act very nice and they act like they love you and they're concerned and they want to know. And so they bring you in and this is what the church does too. It gives you all the outward stuff and hey, that sounds good, that sounds good. And then when you get in there, finally they slay you like that. They take you and they cut you in the heart and they get down to what they really think. And that's what happens. That's what the Mormon church has produced. All right. All right. Let's go to Trey, my buddy Trey in Ogden. Trey. Hello. Hey, Trey. It's it's your old buddy, Trey Sean. How you doing? Good. Say hi to Mike and Kevin. Yeah. What an awesome <laughs> day on Sunday. Hey, Trey. I'm glad you came, Trey. Yeah, it was good to be there and have time of worship and meet everybody. It was great to meet you. So, uh, yeah, it's one thing to be a member of a church, but are you a follower of the way? Yeah. So. Excellent uh, question. A comment and a question for you uh next time you do heart in the park we're we're already ready for you to to start into a message right away got to put you on the spot a little bit <laughs> you got us all amped up and uh <laughs> so next time just get right on with it all righty uh the question is um i've i've had something on my heart here for a little bit of time and i don't know exactly how to uh prepare the question but can you maybe speak to uh, when you were born again um, and went through that experience? Uh, what were your thoughts on baptism and, you know, uh, doing baptism again, if that's a proper way? Okay. Obviously, you had a, a baptism in the Mormon church, and then maybe speak to some of the, the, the things that were on your heart and, and okay. how you worked through, through that. So. We're doing it. Go ahead and hang up so I can uh, listen to you. Are you going to hang up? Yep. Okay, buddy. Thanks for calling. God bless you guys. God bless you. Thanks. Bye bye. Uh, really quick, what happened was uh, I was regenerated by the Lord at the side of the road, and I had been a Latter day Saint for 40 years. And uh, I came to know him uh, at that point in time. And as I came to know him over a period of years through study and hearing the word, baptism wasn't something that really said to me, I have to do it right now or I'm going to be in trouble with the Lord. I knew I had salvation with him, so baptism wasn't something that I uh, cognitively thought was vital to my salvation. However, let me say this. On the first show that we did, someone said, have you been rebaptized or baptized in a Christian church? And, and I hadn't, so we went and, and I was baptized. And my life has changed since doing that. I have a new power or a new ability since I came out publicly and confessed Christ and was baptized in his name by uh, someone who believes in Christ in the Christian way. So I believe baptism is very, very, very important to uh, people. But I don't believe it's necessary for salvation because if I was driving and I accepted the Lord and a car hit me, I know I would be with him, just like the thief on the cross. I hope that makes sense to you. We're going to Douglas on line two. Douglas, in Murray, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hello, Sean. Hey, how you doing, man? I really enjoyed it at the park. Great. It was awesome. My question, 
there was a church, the Worldwide Church of God. Yes. Started by Herbert W. Armstrong. Yes. His on-radio personality was his son, Garner Ted Armstrong. Right. They had a membership at one time of about 150,000 members. Right, Pasadena. Yeah, Worldwide Church of God. Herbert W. Armstrong predicted he would be here when the Lord returned. Right. He has since departed. Okay. The church began to recognize that in Deuteronomy, chapter 13 and 18, and so they began to look at the doctrines that they taught. They were very cultic, and they threw everything out except the baby along with the bathwater. Right. And about 60,000 members came to a saving grace and a belief in Jesus Christ. You're right. That was a miracle, wasn't it? Do you think that there's any possibility that the Mormon church... As powerful as it is, and strong as it is, say, here in Salt Lake City, that this kind of thing could ever happen to the Mormon church, and millions of Mormons could realize the truth and be saved. Absolutely. Absolutely, I think that can happen. That's what I pray for, that the LDS church will break, it will fall to its doctrinal knees, it will change the things that make it... Uh, uh, totalist in its methodologies. It will allow people to be free in the Lord, experience salvation. Yes, I believe it will happen, but it's going to take God a miracle to do it. But I believe God is a God of miracles and love. He wants to reach as many as he can, and hopefully a show like this will help in some small way. Douglas, we are inundated with calls. We're, I love you. Great to see you at Heart in the Park. We're going. Oh, it was wonderful. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again. Bye. Sorry, <laughs> Douglas. We're going to line four, Bruce, somewhere. Sorry about the location. I live in a very LDS environment. Oh. Um, my brothers in the Word, what a marvelous salvation message. You, you're right on. Uh, you know, works are hay, wood, and stubble. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to say other than that, you know, it's a marvelous thing to see people in Utah, on the television, that, that uh, uh, being a former Mormon, think the way that that I do now. Thank you. You're welcome. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call, man. You're welcome. Bye-bye. We have a caller who's a tough caller. He usually has really good questions. He's LDS. He's on line three. Galen from Salt Lake City. Galen, you're on Heart of the Matter, and I'm going to let my, uh, my colleagues answer this. Okay. Glad to talk to you, gentlemen. The question I want to ask you is, when I was on my mission, I met a lot of people who were members of the Churches of Christ. The Churches of Christ do not believe in continuous revelation, but they assert that water baptism is indispensable and absolutely essential for salvation. And you know that. The question I would ask, are they a Christian denomination? If so... Uh, why do you say that water baptism, being a work, is not essential for salvation? Well, I don't know. I don't know too much about um, about that particular group. I haven't. I haven't really That's definitely looked true. Into they that believe water baptism is essential for salvation. Yeah. They also teach that you can fall from grace. Why could you fall from grace? Only by uh, they believe you're saved by grace. But when they, when you when somebody teaches that you can fall from grace, it has to be because of evil works. Period. Yeah, well, basically, the Bible does not say that water baptism is essential for salvation. It's not a biblical doctrine, so they're wrong. 
Okay, so they're not a Christian denomination. Um, are they a Christian denomination? That's a tough one. Because when, <laughs> how doctrinally off can you be and still be saved? Exactly. Only God really knows. If you start saying Jesus is not the only way, you are not a Christian denomination. We can definitely stand firmly on that. If you're beginning to get more and more off base, basically, don't go there. You know, find a church that teaches the Word of God. And it, what's funny is being here in Utah for a short period of time, um, it's interesting to see that there, there doesn't seem to be a, uh, a normalcy to teaching the Word of God in churches, um, even the Christian denominations. It, it seems like there's topical stuff going on, but we need the Word of God. We need the Word of God. Yeah, Kevin has a comment on uh, Galen. Kevin, did you have something? If well, not, I just, do. Yeah, it's just that uh, water baptism is... Uh, it's it's a public confession of your faith, and uh, it has nothing to do with your your salvation. It has nothing to do with your salvation at all. But, these, um, uh, but the churches of Christ teach beyond any shadow of a doubt that it is absolutely true. Well, I, I concur and, uh, with Mike. It, well, the question is, if, if they can be a Christian and teach that doctrine, why can't the Latter-day Saints be a Christian and teach that doctrine as well? Okay, can I answer that now, Galen? You betcha. Okay, Galen, what you do when you call is you look for the exceptions in the Christian church and in the body of Christ, and you look for the things that are divisive. We don't focus on the things that make us different. I don't say Mormons can't be saved. I think there are Latter-day Saints who know the Lord. I don't say Catholics can't be saved. We have some very different doctrines in both of those churches. But there's a difference between individuals and their salvation and institutions. The church of, of the the church of Christ or whatever it is that you're talking about, we, you're asking us to make a decision based on if salvation is necessary or not based on baptism. Well, if they teach that, it's an insignificant thing. It's Jesus that matters. Do they teach that faith in Jesus is essential to salvation? Yeah, if that comes... Yeah, water baptism in with that. No, no, no. Wait, let me ask you. Do yeah. they teach that Jesus is essential to salvation? Oh, definitely. Okay. Well, if they add baptism to that and people want to believe that and go with that and read the word and accept, then people have that right. And I don't think God's going to beat them with a bunch of stripes because they were baptized thinking that their, their salvation was on that. They believe in Jesus first. People, people are different. They need different things. Some people have to get really wild in their worship. Some people need music. Some people need a lot of this or that. But Jesus is the answer, Galen. And what you do is you try to say, well, what about this? This makes the Mormon church right. Because, and no, it's just not correct. Well, the situation is to answer what is the main problem with the Bible today or interpretation. Why do we have 250 different denominations who claim that they're inspired by the Holy Ghost and yeah, uh, that's their interpretation of the Bible. No, not on the essentials, Galen. Not on the essentials. And that's the big difference. You think that everything's an essential. It's not. But uh, they would say those are very essential enough to establish a church in the name of Christ. But they don't differ in the essentials that they all share. They don't differ in that the Trinity is there. They don't differ in the Word of God being inerrant. They don't differ that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation through His grace. They, they don't disagree on the essentials. If they have superfluous stuff that they decide to do, they light candles, they say uh, baptism is real important, we let God work that out, Galen. But the essentials of salvation are the same in the body of Christ. No matter what picture you try to paint, brother, sorry, you're wrong. No, but the situation is, if you say you're going to use the Bible as a guide and you've got that many different interpretations of the Bible, how do you know your interpretation's better than mine? Any thoughts? 
Yeah, the, um, the Word of God is, just read it. <laughs> just read the Bible. Well, how do you know the, your interpretation's better than mine? Yeah, well, Gillen, that's like, um, that's like looking at a, uh, a, a, a car manual and thinking that because one person you know, interprets it one way, another person interprets it another way, you find 50 people with 50 interpretations that there is no real true interpretation. They have a bend. Open the Word of God and read it for yourself. Take it in context. Not versus out of context, and you'll see it's it's simple. I can t I can tell you, Galen, how we how we can know. You take you take uh, five thousand people in a gymnasium, and they all have, speak a different language, and they're all reading a Bible in their language. All right, the Holy Spirit, when they're searching God by reading His Word, touches them and teaches them the same type of essential things. If a cultural thing slips in there and it makes their church a little different, so what? You want to make the so what's a, an example of the of the Christian church being wrong instead of focusing on the essentials being right. And that's a wrong thing to do, Galen. We're cutting you off because you're getting mean with us stuff. I'm just kidding you. Okay. We, we love you, brother. Call back with a good question, okay? Thank right. you. Bye-bye. Nathan you, on line two. I was just kidding, Galen, you guys. So don't <laughs> send me a bunch of hate emails. Nathan on line two from Bountiful, a first-time caller. Yeah. Uh, you keep referring to the LDS church as the Mormon. I mean, technically, we're called the Church of... Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's too long of a title. <laughs> Is it not the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? No, it's not the Church of Jesus Christ. We can call you LDS. We can call you Latter-day Saints. It uh, was called the Church oh, of no, Christ. No, I, I know that, but out, out of respect, I mean, that is the Church's name. And my subsequent question to you is, what does a Christian church need to be a worshiper of Christ? I mean, we've got the name. We worship them every Sunday. The Book of Mormon is more rampant with Jesus Christ okay. than any other person. Okay, let me, Nathan, what do you mean when you say you worship him every Sunday? I go to church and I worship Christ. Well, how do you do that, Nathan? Explain that to the audience. Well, just like most people who are on a spiritual quest, I think we look to God. We look to God for truth. We look to the Word. Now, of course, being LDS or... Mormon, as you keep referring to us. Okay, as. all right. Go on. Tell us how you worship him. I, I want to hear that. I read the Bible. In church? The Mormon. Okay. In church, yes. In the Book of Mormon? Yeah. Doctrine and Covenants? Yeah. Pearl of Great Price? That's the word. Yeah, go to the temple? Yeah. Do vicarious ordinance work for the dead? Oh, yeah. It's do, wait, wait, Nathan. Do you do your endowment to make sure your salvation's secure? Yeah, it's biblical. Okay, none of that, none of that is biblical. The only thing that's biblical is reading the word. You know, I, I and you don't worship him on Sundays and don't paint the picture that you do. That's not true. You're not being truthful. You're being deceptive. You go to a meeting and members get up and they talk about the law. They talk about the Sabbath day. They talk about paying tithing. They talk about the word of wisdom. Jesus is a footnote to the religion. So don't call and paint a picture that you worship Jesus. It's a lie. Okay, I'm sorry I'm being strong, but you are being deceptive. Can I ask you this then? In, okay. In concordance with your last caller, perception is individual. No, you're not going to go down that road either. We're not talking about relativism here. Oh. We're not talking about alternate perspective. We're talking about truth. Yeah, you can't tell me I'm not worshiping Christ because are you God? No, but I can tell you what you believe, and what you believe is not in harmony with the word that you should trust. Hey, sir, I've been listening to your program for 30 minutes. You've been talking to me for two. How can you know me? 
and exactly what because I you say you believe in the LDS church that you worship Christ and you do all the things I ask that you do and so that's how I know what you are by what you've told me it's been two minutes but you've sized up what your religious perspective is okay. it's not biblical okay, well, again what, how can you tell us as Mormons you know or as you call us again that we're not Christian in the fact that you know and, and frankly I, I find it disrespectful as a Christian yourself so you sit there and say, we're not Christian. Nathan, I don't, if you listen to the show from the beginning, there are certain LDS people who may have a relationship with the, with the Lord. They've been regenerated. They've been born again, an imperative that Jesus Christ said you must be. And they may, and I'm not going to judge individual LDS people, but when you call and you say you worship Christ in your meetings and you do all the other things, I'm sorry, you fit into the category of the Mormon who does not know the Lord. We're going to Steve on line four. Steve, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hey, Sean. How you doing? You're welcome. Interesting call just happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me give you a little bit of background, and then I'm just going to make a couple of comments. Okay. Um, I am currently still a member of the LDS Church. Okay. Um, it's really it's amazing to me how the uh, color of a leopard changes when a person goes through a life-changing event. Three years ago, I went through a divorce. Uh -huh. uh, immediately, my temple recommend was pulled, and it was not because I was involved in any, any sinful behavior. It was just an arbitra arbitrary decision that the bishop made uh -huh. uh, because uh, I was a male, and going through the divorce, he automatically took the wife's side. Well, really, the divorce had nothing to do with sin. It was just an incompatibility issue. So I moved away from that particular ward, uh, currently living in another ward, <laughs> and I have yet to have a real meaningful home teaching visit. Huh. Uh, I've had two or three visits from alleged home teachers, and I'll say alleged because they're not doing what they say that their works are all about. Right. Um, and I'll tell you, I, I am just to the point where I just do not believe that they believe in their own doctrine at all. Right. Uh, Bob, where do you I, live? Pardon me? What city do you live in? I live in West Point. In West Point. Yeah. You know, I would love to carry on a conversation with you outside of the station. Yes. Uh, can you email me and give me your contact information or phone number? You bet. And uh, we'll talk about that uh, in, in, from there. Yes. Is, is that One good? other thing I would like to say, I just, I've, I've had some experiences where um, I've read some material, and basically they said, if you put your trust in the source, which is Jesus Christ, uh -huh. then things can turn around in your life. And that has been proven to me. This is independent of church teachings. Praise God. Yeah, absolutely. And every time that I have put my trust, my complete trust in the source of all good things, which is God and Christ as our Savior, right. it's amazing how things turn around in my life. Oh, that is, that's phenomenal testimony. Keep doing that. Keep doing that, okay? I will, and I'll get you some contact information. I'd love to talk with you personally. Sounds great. You take care, and thanks for calling. Okay. All right. We're going to Bob, and Bob has a question for one of my brothers. Bob, you're on Heart of the Matter. Sean, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Hey, Bob. Well, um... we got to be quick. We've got the lines jamming, and you got to give us the question. Having some problems with the missus. Her family is LDS, and and they're, they're not wanting the marriage to go through there, Sean. What should I do? Your, your wife is LDS, and you're not? 
what I'm soon to be wife. You're soon to be wife. And are you a Christian? Yes, sir. Don't marry her, Bob. Well, thanks, you big fat pig. <laughs> Man, that's twice. <laughs> twice in one night. What, what's going on? Hey, I've <laughs> lost weight. I've lost weight. <laughs> I'm getting... <laughs> Man, what's going on? Okay, I can't get a break. All right, Dan and Logan. Dan. Dan, if you call me Big Fat Pig, you're in trouble. Dan? Did Adam and Eve have belly buttons, and is that your natural hair color? That's not my natural hair color. <laughs> Adam, Adam and Eve belly had belly buttons. buttons. I don't know. I don't have no idea. Do you know? It's not in the Bible. We don't care. Um, yeah, it, it's, All right. It's we, interesting. We're, it's an interesting uh, question. Interesting question. <laughs> we're going to read some things here. Uh, we're getting a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, stuff that's pretty ugly. So something must be going right with the show because it's getting <laughs> uglier and uglier as we go. Uh, you, came, you come across as a mere charlatan. This is from Fair Maiden Knight. Uh, you come across as a mere charlatan. I venture to say that Satan has found another sucker in you. Um, he goes on to say uh, terrible things, actually. But what I want you to know is that, just kind of look at, this person's name is Fair Maiden Knight like a, a knight, a strong person. The next one that I got was from a guy who calls himself uh, your abominable and heretical teachings, uh, and he calls himself mind warrior. So it's what's interesting to me is that I'm constantly being called uh, arrogant, but these guys, all their little key things that they send me are all about their strength and their mind power and stuff. So humble yourself, come to know the Lord, and uh, let's go on from there. Jacob and Draper on line three. Jacob, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to say I love the program. Um, I've been a Christian all my life, raised in a uh, Christian environment. My wife is out of Mormonism. Huh. And uh, a Bible, even Bible something, uh, all against uh, Mormonism. And loves the program because it needs to be heard. Yeah. And one of the things that we talk about mostly is Mormonism believes that we are saved by grace after all we can do. And right. I don't know if that's part of their doctrine. But it is. It's in the, it's in the uh, Book of Mormon. Okay. Well, John six twenty nine tells us that Jesus said, when asked, and I forget who asked it, we can look it up, but John six twenty nine says the work that we are supposed to do is believe in the one God sent. That's right. We read that on two shows ago. That's a great reference. Yeah, and it's to believe. It's not to do the work. And I'm sitting here looking at a tract that we got. Uh, I attended Calvary, attend Calvary Chapel. Uh-huh. And uh, a tract that they gave us about uh, the differences between Mormonism and, uh, and uh, Christianity. Yeah. There, there is a difference. The, the, the Christ that they worship they say, is uh, a brother of Satan. Yeah. We're going to get more into all those details as the shows go on. I appreciate your insights. And, yes, there are vast differences. We're going to Tiffany. Thank you for your call. Tiffany on line four in Orem. Tiffany, you're on Heart of the Matter. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. A little sad, but doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, they're being mean to you, huh? Yeah, they're being mean, but it's all right. What's going on? I um, just had a question for you. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the Book of Mormon? How do I feel about it? Uh-huh. I feel it's a piece of 19th century literature written by the hand of Joseph Smith. And uh, I think that it uh, adopts many, many uh, uh, verses from the Bible. Do you believe 
believe it? Do you think it's true? I do not think it's true, no. No. So you think it's false? I, I think it's, well, false. I think it's history is false. I think how it's presented is false. What it teaches is, uh, is from the Bible, so a lot of it is, is, is a true message. But it's built on a, a falsehood. It's built on a lie and a deception. So it's been said that it came from golden plates, and, and, and its historicity just stinks. So as far as it being true, no. I believe the Word of God is true. Does it contain good things? Sure, because they were taken from the Bible. Okay, well, I have to disagree with you on that. Okay. And so you said that you were, you were born LDS? Yeah, born LDS, 40 years uh, LDS, seminary teacher, high priest, all the stuff. You know, I, I know the, the doctrine fairly well. I'm not an expert, but I know Mormonism, and, uh, and we just have to go with that. But, Tiffany, next week's show is going to be on the Book of Mormon, all right? Okay, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for calling, and thank you so much. Love you, too. All right, we're going with Nelson on line one. Nelson, you've got one minute. Uh, yes, I'm now an ex-Mormon. Okay. Uh, for a long time, I kept trying to get closer and closer to my Savior, fasting and praying and reading the scriptures. But the closer I got to the Savior, uh, the more I was hated at church until I quit going. Then I received the Holy Ghost. It descended upon me. Amen. And then I was able to get answers. And the Holy Ghost told me that Joseph Smith lied and that the Book of Mormon was a book of fiction. And the Mormons still hold me on their records as a member, but I'm not. Hey, and I appreciate God. what you're doing. Thank you so much. And what a way, what a testimony to end with. Thank you so much. I'm sorry for the other callers. We're going to have to leave a message or call back next week. But we praise God for that testimony. And that this person, and I experienced the same thing, the closer you come to Jesus and letting Jesus take over your life and letting him guide you, the, uh, the more distant the LDS become because you become uh, centered on Jesus to them and not on the works that they want you to constantly do. Mike, Kevin, you have, a, you have 30 seconds. What would you like to say? Um, there was a call earlier that we got, uh, one that pertained to the Word of God. And um, it's interesting that the, the statement made was basically alluding to the idea that you can't understand the Bible. There's so many people who believe different things about it. There's no point. I encourage you to read the Word. If the best, if the best excuse you have is that different people disagree about it, um, it's not really very sound. <laughs> Get into the Word of God and read it. It's very plain. Read the Gospel of John. Read the New Testament. I understand the, the, the LDS Church tends to stay with the Old Testament mostly. Um, I encourage you to read the New Testament. Read the revelation of Jesus Christ. Read, read what all that Old Testament stuff was about and actually understand those things. So get into the Word. It's understandable. Amen. And now, Kevin, some last thoughts, 30 yeah. seconds. Just trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ and not your own works or even the works of the church and what they do. Uh, base your faith on Jesus Christ. Repent of those useless works. Faith is The works are our faith. The works are the result of faith. They're the fruit of faith and not the fulfillment of faith. You don't work for your salvation for, to have God respond to you. Just trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. All right. Thank you, Kevin. And I want to thank my, my brothers in Christ for coming on the show. It's not easy, and they did such a fabulous job. Um, I want to pray for the Latter-day Saints. 
Next week, we're talking about the Book of Mormon. For all you Book of Mormon supporters, tune in then at Heart of the Matter. I'm on a ride, going nowhere. I am an existential cowboy on the wind. And I won't be coming out, I'm going in. This man's awake. A storm's arising, the dawn's awaiting till a hundred monkeys know. And I can feel the 